G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. 2020, bringing a biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Weekdays on UCB's Vision Radio Network. Find out more at vision.org.au. Well, let's talk a little about some of the technologies that might enable your local church to be really effective in your community. You might be part of a local church that has a website. Now, lots of churches do these days, but I'm not sure whether all those churches do it very well. Steve Krieger is joining us. He's into marketing and communications, and he's intensely interested in how the church markets itself and is seen with its image in local communities. He has a article on his website called 20 Ways Your Church Website Can Serve Unchurched People. Steve's joining us now. Hello, Steve. Welcome along to 2020. Thank you, Neil. Steve, tell us about what interests you about church websites and just how effective they could be and perhaps uh, just a few insights into just how badly most churches tend to do it. Yeah, absolutely. I've I've been interested in websites and, and online marketing for some time when I took up a job um, uh, overhauling a, a website in a marketing role that I had uh, many years ago. And I came to see just how um, useful a resource websites are. And then I started to translate um, these things that I had been learning into the church context that I came to be uh, a part of. And I realized there was a massive gulf between uh, how organizations and businesses were using websites and how that was being uh, really handled by the church. And there was a great opportunity to exploit that many churches really hadn't considered much at all. So I started to, over a number of years, research what it looks like for churches to have a great online presence that serves um, not only the members of the church but I would argue primarily people who do not yet attend. Um, So my argument uh, really would be that the number one audience for a church website are people who do not yet go to the church. And typically we do it pretty badly don't we when we've got a church website? We do and really it's it's done um, intentionally Badly, but often I think, as with uh, with many things, that the thought hasn't gone into firstly, who is this for, and what do they need. Um, and if those two questions are answered, that would radically transform the web presence of many churches. As we think about who are the people that we're trying to serve, and uh, in fact to love um, in our pre- uh, by our our websites. And then what would that look like to love these people well? And that's what I've been thinking about as I'm thinking, what does it look like for all these people? And Australia has an increasing number of people who have never walked into the, um, the front door of a church before. I remember a number of years ago meeting a lady outside the church who was interested in coming and she said, how much are tickets? Um, and she had obviously had no experience in a church before and thought it was a, a ticket event much like a, a concert or a some other kind of performance. So these are the people that our websites must be communicating to. Now, a lot of churches have 
some young people in their congregations who are very much in tune with what happens and what's necessary when it comes to websites. Do you think that perhaps uh, older people and perhaps older pastors uh, are missing something here that a younger generation could really be a benefit to? I think that's a great point, Neil. I think there's a lot of opportunity there for different generations to work together. Uh, Perhaps the younger generation has some skills uh, in, that they could uh, share in developing websites. But I think, you know, more and more now, older people are making use of websites. And if you think about the tasks that people would be um, going online for, uh, to research holidays or perhaps to, to buy a new car or you're looking for a present for somebody, um, the internet is used by everyone of every age. We all know um, by our own experience what a good uh, online experience looks like and what a bad online experience looks like. It just uh, becomes now a matter of how we translate that. How do we make sure that our church websites are a really positive and helpful experience for those people? And that's something that can be achieved regardless of age. And now it's easier than ever um, to create a great website without uh, much skill and without much uh, financial investment. Now, Steve, on your website, Communicate Jesus, you've got an article there which is 20 ways your church website can serve unchurched people. We mm. probably haven't got time to go through all 20 in detail, but if you were thinking of those 20 ways, which ones are really most outstanding, the ones we should not be missing when we're designing our church website? Mm. Look, I think it's a great question, and it's something that I've been pondering and uh, researching to see who are the churches that are creating terrific websites for unchurched people and what can we learn from those churches. And the first point I would make is that it's often the most obvious information that is missing from church websites. So um, where the church meets and what time the church meets. And again, it's this information that is missing because often the people who are creating content, and again, it's certainly not intentional, they, this is so obvious to them because they know when and where the church meets that the information is excluded from the website. So having that information, where we meet, when we meet, is so important, but um, surprisingly often it is neglected. Likewise, having contact information um, on a website, making it really easy for people to find out um, who can I, if I've got a question, who can I get in contact with and provide them with some options. Phone number, email address are the two most helpful options that you can provide. But again, that's uh, often not easily available. And that is a, a real shame because people who may have found out about the church, perhaps through a letterbox drop or they've driven past the church previously, may be interested in coming. They may have questions they would like to ask before they come. But if they can't find out who to get in contact with, they'll never be able to ask those questions. Steve, you say that the number one audience for a church website isn't actually the people who are already in the church. Enlarge on that a little for us. Yeah, the the reason that I say this is because there are lots of different ways for people who already attend the church to find out about what's going on to discover, you know, that this is what the upcoming sermon series is or this is the holiday club that's taking place and um, these are the new staff appointments. They, people who go to the church can find out these things in a, a newsletter or an announcement during a church service on the weekend. People who don't yet attend don't have access to any of those communication channels. Those people will primarily go to the website before they do anything else. And so the website for churches, I strongly believe, should be serving 
these people, the people who do not yet attend the church, before they serve the people who are already members of that local congregation. It doesn't mean that um, those people should be forgotten about, but they should always be secondary to the people who aren't yet attending. And yet, if you look at many websites, they have been written for um, and designed for people who are already there, such that people who don't already attend would have a lot of difficulty understanding what's going on and finding what they're looking for. Well, Steve Krieger is our guest. We're talking about your local church website and some ways that your church website can serve your unchurched community. We'll continue our conversation in just a short while. We're back talking about your local church's website. Now, perhaps you visit that website every now and then. Maybe you don't. Well, today, talking about some ways that your church website can serve unchurched people. Steve Krieger, who's into marketing and communications, and especially how it affects your local church. He has a website called Communicate Jesus, Digital Inspiration for Ministry, and we're talking through some of these ways that your church website can serve unchurched people. Steve, if we're talking about an in a nutshell list, uh, which ones are the most important things that we ought to be thinking about beyond what we chatted about just a few minutes back? Mm. Well, let me share with you just a couple uh, of other examples that I think are working really well at serving people who don't yet attend the church. Firstly, I think communicating, particularly on the homepage of your church website, that new people are welcome and are expected. Um, so using language that is really inclusive. So I saw on one website, New Springs website, uh, there's just a big banner that says, Welcome, we're glad you're here. On another website, it says, Everyone is welcome, all belong. So it's really inclusive language for people who have never been before, who might even be wondering, is church a bit of an exclusive club? Are people who don't already attend welcome to attend? Uh, making it really clear that yes, you are welcome, yes, we'd love to have you here, is something that can't be taken for granted and should be um, made prominent on the homepage. I think a second key point is making sure that your website is responsive. And by responsive, I mean making sure that it looks good and can be used easily uh, on a mobile device, a smartphone or a tablet. Because more and more people, I think it was last year that we switched for the first time, that more people are looking at websites on um, smartphones and tablets than they are on desktop computers. That's the first time that's happened in history. So you'll find on your church website that more people will visit that from a smartphone or a tablet. And it's, um, the opportunity exists to make sure that people can actually view that site easily without having to pinch and scroll and move left and right and up and down to see the information they're looking for. So again, that's about just accommodating the people who are going to be visiting the site and making sure that it meets their needs. Let me ask you about one of the points on your list. You say, explain the gospel. Uh, It Mm. is an opportunity on our local church website to actually have a gospel presentation. Mm. It is. It's it's an incredible opportunity that most churches, I would say the vast majority of churches haven't um, taken up. It was something, uh, I was working in a church a number of years ago, it was my responsibility to redevelop the website and I was convicted that this was absolutely essential. It was my goal and my prayer that someone would be able to visit our website, hear the good news of the Lord Jesus and become a Christian without even visiting our church um, to make that gospel presentation succinct and clear um, so they could understand in a nutshell what a Christian is and how they could 
become one. Now, of course, we'd love them to come to the church, but it is, it's such a shame that on so many websites, it's really difficult to find out what a Christian is and how you become one. And yet, uh, this is the information that people are, are looking for. And are really, um, they're eager for it, so we have a great opportunity to make sure that it's visible uh, on our websites. But it's hard. As I was writing that content, I found it quite a difficult thing to do because there's lots of different people who will be visiting the website. But I think it was a really worthwhile exercise. Now, you're a stickler for making sure that dates are kept up to date. Uh, what, uh, what have you discovered about churches when it comes to things like Easter and Christmas service times? Look, I think, um, again, this is a, a huge opportunity, but it was, it's staggering to me how, few, how often um, uh, dates are uh, outdated on a website. So again, sometimes you'll be midway through the year and the church website will still be displaying uh, service times from uh, the Christmas uh, six months previously. Uh, but I also did a little bit of an experiment last year where prior to Christmas where I contacted 100 churches across Australia just to ask them, when, are your, when is your church meeting at Christmas? What are the service times? Um, now, out of those 100 churches across Australia, um, 39% or 39 churches uh, failed to reply. Um, so uh, that links back to what we were talking about earlier. Hang on a second. Um, you, were, you were undercover here. You weren't telling these churches uh, you're now being tested. You just sent, no. these, you sent these random emails and then 39 of them didn't even respond. That's right. So, I mean, I, and I should be up, up front. I didn't, I not published the names of any of these churches. It was purely um, an, experiment, an anonymous experiment. But I got churches from every state and territory in Australia, a list of 100, and I sent them each an individual email saying, hi there, just wondering when um, are your Christmas uh, service times? And uh, sent the email off. But 39% of those churches uh, never responded to that email. Uh, so it was, it's a staggering amount that there were so many that never got back to me. And um, they didn't know who I was. Uh, for all they knew, I was someone who had seen their brochure in the, in the letterbox or at the local supermarket and was interested in coming along and wanted to find out more. Um, the question is, if that was the case, how would that person be feeling now? Uh, I contacted the church to find out when the service times were and they could never be bothered to get back to me. Um, so I found that quite a staggering um, experiment uh, that has really challenged me about what it looks like, again, to love people by um, getting back to them quickly. And uh, I think it's a great challenge to churches across Australia, given just how many, 39 out of 100, failed to respond to that email request. It certainly is a challenge. Uh, there's another element in your list of 20 reasons. Uh, you say list the leadership team. Sometimes, I guess, uh, you've got churches that say, oh, well, we'll just talk about the church. We won't say much about the leaders. But it's important to actually, what, have a photo of the leader, have a video of the leader. How, how do you think that should look? Well, it, this, this one is a little bit controversial, and some churches have pushed back on this and said, look, the church isn't about you know, the, the pastor or the, the pastors and the, the various staff who are employed. It's about all of the people. Um, we're all involved in, um, in serving and, and making up what this church is about. And I agree with that wholeheartedly, except that for the people who are thinking about coming along to the church, 
they want to have a bit of an understanding about who's in charge. Um, does this person um, look trustworthy? Are they someone that I could relate to? Um, given, again, remembering that so many um, stories in the media of Christians aren't that positive. Uh, and um, perhaps people are uh, more so today than in the past a little bit apprehensive um, or less trusting of Christian leadership. So to provide a little bit of background on the people who are in charge of this church and who they are, what their, their families might look like, their experience, what they um, do in their lives, what they did before they were pastoring this church is just one way of helping people to become a little bit more comfortable with the church and whether this is a place they might be happy to come along to. So, Steve, if people are interested in finding out some more and getting these 20 ways that your church website can serve unchurched people, they'll be able to find that article on your website. Uh, You've got some other articles there too. What sort of other topics do you like to talk about? Look, um, I just love thinking about how we can better communicate the gospel, how we can think about some uh, processes that help us to work more effectively, um, given the short time that we have, uh, thinking about how we might collaborate uh, with one another. So I've developed an events calendar recently just promoting events that uh, are happening for Christians across Australia. So my great heart with this is just to share resources that Christians uh, will find helpful as they live the Christian life and as they serve Jesus in whatever context that is, in a church or a not-for-profit um, or even just uh, in their day-to-day life as a, a Christian who loves serving the Lord Jesus. Well, I'll point people to your website where people can look at these articles and especially the one that says 20 ways your church website can better serve the unchurched people. It's www.communicatejesus.com and Steve Krieger is the guy who's put this website together. He's into marketing and communications and uh, that website is communicatejesus.com. Steve Krieger, great talking to you. Thanks so much for being with us today on 2020. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, Neil. Like what you've just heard? There's more great podcasts or you can listen to us live at vision.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener supported. Your donation of any amount will help us continue connecting faith to life. Learn more or donate today at vision.org.au.